0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Toxic Mom Podcast. I know it's been a while. How are you all doing? Um, This particular podcast is a little different from the ones I normally do. I was asked by numerous people to do this, so I'm going to go ahead and discuss the upcoming trial of Derek Chauvin. The police officer being charged with multiple counts of murder in regards to the death of George Floyd. There's also three other officers charged, but their trials, to my understanding, are not starting till this one is complete. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Derek Chauvin and his trial, he is the Minneapolis police officer being charged, again, with George Floyd's death. He's being charged with second-degree murder, manslaughter, and third-degree murder. All of this um, came about after he responded to a call on May 25th, 2020. George Floyd was being accused of trying to pass off a fake $20 bill. Once he arrived on scene, all hell broke loose. It didn't appear that it was going exactly well before he arrived, but it definitely got worse. He was not the first officer on the scene. He arrived second with his partner. And I believe his partner wasn't technically his partner. He was a trainee. So what a good way to get introduced to the job. Um, my goodness. So George Floyd was accused of committing a crime that's why these cops were there okay and a lot of it well all of it is on video videotape body cam footage from the police officers and also surveillance video from nearby businesses and of course that infamous bystander video multiple of them where it shows the eight minutes and 46 seconds where Derek Chauvin had his knee on George Floyd's neck, and then he went unconscious and subsequently died in police custody. I have not watched the video from start to finish. I just cannot personally stomach something of that nature, but I know a lot of you have. I have seen clips of him calling out for his deceased mother i've seen clips of him saying i can't breathe and i saw the beginning of the video where he was begging the police not to shoot him once they opened up his car door and took him out he appeared that he had a lot of emotions going on, George Floyd, he was upset, he was angry, he seemed confused, he was a little agitated. He was a lot of things in, in the clips that I saw. Um, the thing that stood out to me the most was The first officers arrived and they opened up his car door. One of the first things he said, Mr. Floyd, was, please don't shoot me. In like a begging manner. And that's interesting because there's going to be video footage of a 2019 incident where George Floyd was being taken into custody And he also said the same thing, please don't shoot me. So that, to me, speaks volumes of the mindset that was already in his head once he realized police were there. Um, And then, of course, when Derek Chauvin arrives, it just went in a completely devastating direction I'm not going to spend too much time on that because I think like I said most of you have seen a video and we know what happens in the video so this happened again on May 25th 2020 on May 26 all four officers in that video were fired and on May 29th Derek Chauvin was arrested and charged with second-degree murder, manslaughter, and third-degree murder. The third-degree murder charge was tossed out months later by the judge, but it was essentially brought back into the playbooks a few days ago once the judge um, re-evaluated the situation. There's only four states that honor second, or excuse me, third-degree murder, and Minnesota is one of them. For the last week or so, they have been doing jury selection. I watched a lot of that. I listened to a lot of it, and I did narrow it down to 12 jurors. They still have to finish picking the alternates, and that's going to start again tomorrow. The breakdown of this jury right now is six white people, two being men, four being women, two people of color. They're both females. They have identified them as possibly multiracial, and four black people are on the jury, three of those men, one of those is female. And they range from ages 20s, so all the way up to 60s, 70s, because one of them does have grandchildren. Um, So it's a very interesting uh, set of people. They all come from different backgrounds. There's um, a nurse on the jury, there's a financial advisor. So it's They all have different backgrounds. And so it will be very interesting in the next couple of weeks to see what happens when opening statements start. They're supposed to start on Monday, March 29th. And right now it seems like everything is going according to plan. As far as this judge is concerned, Judge Peter Cahill is the judge on this trial. He seems like he has a specific order he wants to follow and he wants to keep things flowing smoothly and having them on schedule. So that's something that I noticed about him. A few things happened last week in court. Um, Well, for one, I'll go back. The family won a $27 million settlement. And that was broadcast all across the news. And so Derek Chauvin's defense attorneys were not happy and wanted to, once again, get a change of venue for the trial, wanted to delay the trial, and they also wanted 2019 footage of a previous event with police that George Floyd was involved in come into the playbooks. The judge ruled on Friday, this past Friday, that there would be no change of venue. He previously denied this back in the fall of 2020 when his defense team asked. He's not going to delay the trial. And also he is allowing portions of that body camera footage of George Floyd being arrested. I just want to point out I've watched that one because they have leaked it. And it kinda is interesting because there's some footage on there that's eerily similar to the one in 2020. He is on there asking police not to shoot him. So I find that very interesting. That'll, That'll be very critical to go into the mindset of George Floyd when he does encounter police. Um, So this whole trial is going to be very emotional and raw. Family members are going to be there of George Floyd. You know, you have law enforcement that's going to be there testifying on the behalf of Derek Chauvin, It's gonna be a very interesting trial. You're gonna have autopsy pictures being shown, video of that arrest, plus other arrests. It's gonna be a lot. And on the defense side, it's gonna be a lot of smearing of George Floyd's character, especially with his history of drug use. Um, That's always quite sad when things like that can be used against you it's almost you know a lot of people are saying they feel he's being put on trial for his own murder which a lot of times that does happen it's just the way things are but a couple of things i want to just talk about um with this jury and what they're going to be hearing His autopsy report is going to be key in this. The defense is banking on these jurors to think that Derek Chauvin did not cause this man to die because his knee was not a deadly weapon. His knee was not a threat. But it was George Floyd that caused his own death by ingesting drugs, and his history of heart disease and all those things and the state is going to defend George Floyd and say but for the fact Derek Chauvin did not put his knee on this man's neck and restrain him he would more than likely be alive and having watched quite a few court cases listen to people that been on juries i know two people that were on juries that were murder trials not anywhere big as this one but a lot of it does come down to um it's like he said she said they described it you have the state saying one thing you got the defense saying another thing. Then you have all of these witnesses coming in and it's a lot to take in. They're estimating this trial is going to be at least a month. And it's probably going to be about that because they have a lot of people coming in that are going to testify. Um, You have a lot of people that were out there watching this event take place. You have a lot of, you have a man Um, Derek Chauvin, that's been a police officer for many years. There's going to be a lot of people coming in and I'm pretty sure going to say what a great officer he was. There's going to be expert witnesses testifying from the medical examiner's office. It's going to be a lot. So this jury has a very long and tough road ahead of them. And I just know how some things are going to be played out. I was having a conversation the other day with a friend, and I said that there are going to be some jurors that take into account that autopsy report and really, you know, look at what he had in his system and have an issue with it. There's a registered nurse sitting on this jury. So there's going to be some interesting things. He had fentanyl in his system. He had methamphetamine in his system, marijuana. The fentanyl is going to be interesting. I read the autopsy report. I'm around doctors a lot. I kind of questioned them this week. They looked at it and said, yeah, that's a lot of fentanyl he had in his system. So there's going to be some jurors that are going to have a hard time deciding whether or not the knee to the neck killed him or did he die of an overdose while in police custody. I want to play a clip from something I found while looking something up. The verbiage in it was pretty interesting, so I just want to... I hope I can play it. God, I'm telling you guys I'm going to play it and I can't even find it. But anyway, I'll find it and I'll play it. Um, It's something that had to do with his autopsy report that I found significant. Um, So anyway, back to this jury, they're going to have a lot to consider. And there's also some jurors, which the defense was really looking for, that are gonna have an issue with the fact that George Floyd came into this situation without clean hands, meaning when you come into court, you're supposed to come into the court with a doctrine of clean hands. And there's some jurors that are gonna be on there that are not going to be happy that he was one being charged with a crime and he was allegedly high at the scene there was one juror that was selected. I believe she was the nurse that said he may not have been a model citizen, but that shouldn't have warranted his death. And I thought that was interesting because that's exactly how many are thinking. There's a lot of you guys out there I've been corresponding with that also feel that, you know, that's true. Like, okay, he may have had this in his system, but did that mean he needed to die? He may have had a history of this, but that did that mean he need to die, you know? So that's gonna be very interesting. Okay, so I found the clip. I'll play it now. You have new information about the medical examiner's findings in Floyd's autopsy. Handwritten notes of a law enforcement interview with Dr. Andrew Baker, the Hennepin County Medical Examiner, say Floyd had 11 nanograms per milliliter of fentanyl in his system. Quote, if he were found dead at home alone and no other apparent causes, this could be acceptable to call an OD. Deaths have been certified with levels of three. In another new document, Baker says that is a fatal level of fentanyl under normal circumstances. But then Baker added, I'm not saying this killed him defense attorneys for the officers have signaled they will argue Floyd died from the drugs and pre-existing health conditions. The new documents say Floyd had a heavy heart and at least one artery was approximately 75% blocked. Dr. Stephen Nelson, chairman of Florida's Medical Examiner's Commission, who is not affiliated with the case, reviewed the new files. It says that doesn't mean the drugs or health condition is what caused Floyd's death. We've all had cases where those kinds of levels come into play. And again, You've got to look at the whole picture. It's one thing to die with something. It's another thing to die from something. Okay, so you kind of heard that there. Um, Yeah, he had a lot of stuff in his system, and he had heart disease. He had a 75% blockage in his artery. Uh, But did that really cause his death? So... That's why I say these jurors have a lot of work to do once they get that case from the judge. Um, so the makeup of the jury is they have the 12 jurors picked. It's six white people, two people of color and four black. The white jury breakdown is two male, four female, two people of color who they're identifying as possibly multiracial. They're both females, and the four Black people pick three male, one female. And this concluded on Thursday of last week, and they started picking the alternates on Friday. I was listening to a lot of the back and forth between the jurors that were selected and the ones that were not. There were a couple of them on there who that were picked that make me a little nervous and some that weren't picked, I thought would have been great, but they were not picked for a variety of reasons. There was one black man. I believe he was juror number 76. He was not picked. He was one that stood out to me the most. He used to live in the area of where George Floyd died He had a very negative view of the police. He felt that there was a lot of discrimination when it comes to police and black people. I thought he would have made a great juror, but unfortunately, and the judge actually vouched for him because of course the defense really did not want him. They weren't crazy about him, but something that the judge said that stood out to me was, yeah, he might've had these negative views, but he also said he wasn't there. So he felt like this juror could have been fair and impartial, but he was dismissed because he was going to have an issue with being sequestered once they went into deliberations because he had a um, sick wife that he had to take care of. And I thought that he would have been really good, but he didn't get picked. There was also another one that I thought was interesting. I believe he was number 98. He did not get picked. If you follow me on Twitter, I know a lot of you guys were commenting on this one because he was very explosive and very, very intriguing. Um, he stood out to me the most out of all of this. Um, and he was shot down as soon as he got done with his uh, Q&A between the defense and the state. Uh, this guy had a negative view of the police. He didn't trust the police. He even said he wouldn't be able to take the word of the police that were going to be coming in and testifying. He used the words accosted from the moment the police arrived on the, st- the scene. They accosted George Floyd. The defense had a very big problem with that word. They wanted him to explain it. And it was almost like the defense didn't believe his explanation because this juror made it clear that he did not watch the video. He was getting a lot of his information from reading and listening to others. So his verbiage didn't sit well with the defense. And he was very honest, very upfront and honest. I did not get his race. Somebody said that he was white, but I don't like to say that unless I confirm it. So, but he was really, really telling, um, really telling. And I think there was quite a few people that came in there that were going to have an issue with the police testifying, but were not as outspoken as that gentleman was. And of course he was, he was axed just as soon as he sat out in the chair. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, You just never know how the jury is going to go. You never know how they're going to decide. We don't know what anybody is thinking. You can't go into their mind. So once they get that case, they have to stick to the facts and what was presented to them. They have to sort of take their emotion out of it, even though I know for some of them it's going to be hard because some of them that were selected said that it was very difficult for them to view that video. Um, So I guess we'll kind of just see what happens with it. it. It'll be a very strange scene if this man walks out. I think the protests are going to just be 10 times worse if Derek Chauvin walks and and or if he gets you know convicted of the one of the lesser charges it's a, he's charged with a lot um So it just it remains to be seen and again once the other three come in, and their trials start, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I was made aware that those three officers will not be testifying against Derek Chauvin, but I know they are, one of the attorneys for one of them being accused, you know, said that, no, my client told Derek Chauvin to take his knee off of his neck. So, for those of you that watch that full video, you can give me feedback. Did you hear any of the officers say this? Um, I, I don't know. Again, because I didn't watch. So, if you want to, you know, send me an email, or you know, I'm pretty active over on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, you can send me some kind of feedback. Did you guys hear it? I know from what I saw, the bystanders were yelling for him to get off. George Floyd was yelling for him to get off. But did one or more of those officers tell him to get off? So it's unfortunate to me that they won't be testifying. But I guess, you know, obviously, how would they be able to testify? So... um. One other thing I want to discuss, uh, on Friday, the judge had decided to not change the venue of the trial. I know some of you were talking about that. This was something the defense wanted because they felt like once that $27 million lawsuit um, was settled between the family and Minnesota, his team felt like there was no way he could get an unbiased jury, and the judge shot that down saying there's no way somebody didn't hear about this, even if we move it to a different county or even out of state. So he denied that. He also denied a delay. This judge seems like he wants things moving in a timely ordered fashion. The, to me, there was no need for a delay. And But something the defense won um, that the state fought really hard to keep out was footage from a 2019 event that will come in As evidence, uh, parts of it um, from George Floyd having an incident with police prior. I watched that footage from start to finish. I believe last night they had leaked it. And it's very sad. Again, you know, this man, as soon as, you know, the police approach him, one of the first things he's saying is, please don't shoot me. So that'll be very, 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 um, telling what the jury does with that information. And of course, if any of them are interviewed after this trial is over, especially, you know, once the verdict is read and all that, if they're willing to come on camera, cause I know a lot of them are afraid of their safety. I would just love to hear like what went through their mind while they were deliberating and during all this evidence that's going to be presenting, presented, excuse me. So, all right, I think I'll wrap this up. I feel like I'm starting to ramble, but um, I will do another one of these about this upcoming trial, maybe a week or so, um, maybe at the end of the first week of closing or um, opening statements. They're, again, supposed to start on the 29th. So if everything goes according to plan, I'll try to put something out about this trial there then. But as always, you can send me an email, the thetoxicmompodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow my Twitter page, Toxic Mom Podcast. And I have Instagram too. So you can find me in multiple avenues. Okay, talk soon.